It's like food for your ears. What up, what up, what up, y'all? This is your host, Young Smooth, and this is Kicking It With Young Smooth. Real quick, don't forget that you can find me on SoundClouds, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, and my brand new YouTube page, Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast, where I got my special guest, Cool Tone, that's still up there. Plus, you heard the new sample of last week's episode from my man, K Kizzle. You know what I'm saying? Zodiac out this bitch. Love him. That's my brother-in-law. He is fucking amazing. So make sure y'all check out his dopeness. Make sure y'all hit him up on his Instagram page as well. Now, in addition, we definitely got to go back from last week that kicked that lyric. Did you guess it? Probably didn't. But the kick the lyric artist that I said that was has worked with Missy Elliott, has stayed on 106 and Park in rotation, happened to be ludicrous with growing pains. It was one of the top selected songs that stayed on a slight rotation on 106 and Park as well. You may hear a couple of those references as far as 106 and Park goes. Um, just based on the fact that that, is, that was one of my favorite shows. It, it was. I definitely used to rush home. From school just to make sure. You know what the funny thing I will say. um, I remember the time of going back. And I think the Fugees were were hot at the time. And we went back. And we literally would record the videos. And learn the words. Like y'all kids today will never know that struggle. Never understand that struggle. Like I remember. And this is why to this day. I can rap 
Can I get a like nobody's business? You feel what I'm saying to you? I remember me and my cousin literally taking it off of 92Q here in Baltimore and being like, all right, let's press play. Like you had to press play and record at the same time on your stereo system. And we used to get the, the tapes from what actually was not, what was it? It wasn't even, it wasn't Rite Aid at the time. It was, well, no, it was Rite Aid at the time. Before it was Rite Aid, it was Woolworth. And we used to get, I'm that old. Fuck y'all. Don't nobody say shit. I said Woolworth. I said what the fuck I said. But we used to press, had to press play and record at the same damn time. And I remember us writing down every word where it was like, can I get it in the morning without waking up? Like, yo, I used to have to rap it over and over again. And we have a whole piece of paper where we're writing down the lyrics. Now y'all motherfuckers can go on Google and just get the lyrics. So it's, it's, it bothers my soul. But anyway, moving on, um, wanted to go into one of my favorite, favorite songs that is going to be the new Kick That Lyric. Alright, so, uh, I'm going to read the lyric first, and then I'll go into some guesses, and you guys can guess it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you choose to, just let me know if you got that Kick That Lyric. Um... So, we're going to read it in the Kings of the English without trying to rap it, which is hard because it is one of my favorites. Um, baby girl. Baby girl. Sorry. Shout out to Beast Mo. <laughs> baby girl. You know my situation. And sometimes I know you get impatient. But you don't put on a show to get patient. Take it to court and go through litigations. And I respect your gangster. Treat you like a princess. And put something on your neck to thank you. She's a pitch hitter. When the starting lineup ain't playing right, I come off the bench with her. It might sound like I'm gassing you. But it took time to get from the back seat to the passenger. I've been creeping and sorry, we've been creeping and sneaking just to keep from leaking. We so deep in our freaking that we don't sleep on the weekend. Wifey, a little bit of type, wondering why he coming home in the middle of the night. It'll be all right. Y'all bump heads. It'll be a fight. But I said, it'll be all right. Okay. So, I know I just had like a whole bunch of phone things going off all at one time. Which, I know that is my rule. And I'm clearly not following it on my own damn show. But whatever. It does not matter. Um, So, real quick. This artist is... I won't even say what label it is because if I say the label, you already know. But he's worked with he's worked with so many people and has continued to work with so many people. Um, I won't even say the person. One of the people because one of the main contributors is a big factor to that. But I will say also a 106 in Park native. 
stayed in heavy rotation. Um, worked with someone who a a singer that has a very strong Baltimore accent. Um, also worked uh, is the king. The king of the double, triple, quadruple entendre, entendres. Um, and uh, now I won't say that he coined this phrase because somebody else coined it, but um, there's a specific, there, there's a specific way to spell his name. So there is that. Um, so you can go ahead and um let's see you can hit me on twitter instagram uh facebook at kicking it with young smooth kicking it with young smooth pod and let me know your guests let me know you know what y'all think about that all right so moving on we definitely have to talk about some musical things that are going on in the world. But before I get to one of the things that I know that y'all want me to talk about so desperately, and I definitely am, um, we have got to talk about my dudes out here. Four kings. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. Four because the number four means so much. Four, four, four because it's Jay-Z. Four because it's Beyonce. Say, no, I'm joking. But the... Ultimate album, which is called for with my man Comp, Kojo Hot Flow, Dirt Road, and Sea Flames. What? Are y'all serious right now? Like, I listened, I got a chance to listen to it today while I was working. And when I tell y'all, absolute hotness, summertime bop, us getting out of quarantine type of bop, like, yeah. Once I get my car back, let me tell y'all what happened with the car real quick and I go into that. So, um, I went, first of all, <laughs> this is like getting bad news at a doctor. Like I went to go get an oil change and when I went to go get the oil change, they was like, oh, it's a crack in your transmission pipe. So you're going to leak, you're going to start leaking transmission fluid. It's a little, it's a little crack, but it's enough to make a difference. I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. So then they uh, give me a 2019 Rogue. And as great as I love all of the nice little bells and whistle features, which are nice because there's some extra ones that are added um, besides what my car has, I don't love it. You feel what I'm saying to you? So if you get a new car or you get a car or whatever, just love your shit. You know what I'm saying? But I say all of that to say um, I want to be able to bump this album. First of all, my car has a premium. I'm, I'm so bougie. I'm bougie now. My car has a Bose premium sound system. So I want to be able to bump this particular album in my car, in my Bose surround sound system. I do, do not want to do it in this little rinky dink one that does not have a Bose surround sound system. I want to be able to drop my sunroof and be able to let that shit play. And disturb other people because I have driven many times next to white people with my music blasting loud. And have watched white people roll up their motherfucking windows. That is none of my concern, none of my motherfucking business. And I'm glad that you guys decided this is what you want to do. However, 
it is that. Um, but I say all of that to say that this particular album is fucking phenomenal. And I will not, and I will be remiss if I do not say that it was engineered, mixed, and mastered to its utter sheer perfection by my man Tony Bonacrav. Like, this shit right here is a masterpiece. Like, I loved every moment of it. I love the nuances that both Comp and Kojo put onto it and I've met and got a chance to really work with both of them and I'm hoping to do this interview really soon which is one of the things that I'm definitely going to jump out the window for. So I get a chance to meet Dirt Roll and see Flames as well. Um, also surprise for me which I love my motherfucking girl Tune is in the building like she's on one of the tracks I listened to this album it is not one of those albums that I glanced over and was like oh this is okay no this shit is fire and it bangs so check out for right now I watched uh, I looked at it on YouTube music um and I'll figure out, you know, the rest of the places as well to make sure that that goes. And then you guys, you know, you'll see the interview, hopefully, knock on wood. You're hearing me knock on that shit as well. But when I tell you this is the just dopest thing that I've heard thus far. And so what makes it dope is that you have four different artists from four different regions in the DMV and just in general that come together to make a cohesive uh, let me say the word again cohesive ass project that to me is dope that is the dopest shit ever when you can get four, when you can get more than two people in the room and get a cohesive ass project that it just it flows together all of the rhymes are syncopated and in in order and when you and you don't get to a point where you look at the artist and you're like okay well I'm cool and grateful for his verse but I don't care about the other verse that's not true I actually was like even though I've met Comp and been in the same rooms with Comp and even though I've met Kojo and been in the same rooms with Kojo and love their flows and of course those are my two niggas so I fucks with them I was like Oh, this nigga Dirt Road out here spitting. Fuck you, mean. See, Flames out here spitting hot fire. So it was. It was one of those things where it blended so well. And Crab, you out here doing your shit, my nigga. I love your music, which is his tagline and all of it. And he has really step that game up so MC's out here step your motherfucking shit up cause these niggas is coming for the, the apocalypse is coming it is a full horseman apocalypse and these niggas is not playing with you motherfuckers so I really appreciate that anyway moving on also in the musical arena did we not get everything that we needed did, are we not are we are we not fulfilled people are you not entertained um First of all, the Jill of the Scott and the Erica of the Badu and this legendary versus battle. I happened to be on the IG um, around the time they they were in it. Um, and I mean, it was it's great. It is great. I do have some some thoughts on the versus battle, but let me just talk about the greatness of it all first. First and foremost, as I always say. Um, you 
have two queens that showed admiration for each other. Now, granted, they both played the same damn song and they played the whole damn song and some of the extended versions of uh, You Got Me. Um, but just the fact that Jill wrote the hook um, for the song and Erica sang it um, and then the Roots paid homage to her that night, uh, or that, I think that it was, it was one of the, the festivals. I don't think it was the, the, it wasn't the Dave Chappelle one, but I know it was another one of the festivals that was in Philadelphia that they usually do. And, you know, she talked about how she was just terrified, shaking in her boots, and, you know, just them having that type of love and admiration. And I, and I honestly truly believe that, honestly, in those spaces, one does not work without the other. Without an Erica Badu, there would not have been a Jill Scott. Um, we, I think that if there is no clear winner, there definitely is no clear winner. I think that Erica had more of a commercialized success, and there are more songs that you knew, even with the B-side songs that you knew, that you, that you may know, like Apple Tree. Apple Tree was never on nobody's radio, but I love fucking Apple Tree. Um, and Jill had some cuts that you may not have known, but the ones that you did, when you got there, you were like, yeah. Um, I, I had someone who actually, I saw somebody put their versus battle and put their, their lineup of what they played back to back. Um, what I've kind of, what I kind of noticed after reading the lineup is that, yeah, Erica had some hits and hits after hits that you just kind of knew. Um, as it was going along and like the weekend was going along and it was Mother's Day weekend, shout out to all the moms. Um, I kind of realized that these two iconic women are the sound music is the soundtrack to your life but this is the soundtrack to my life like I remember listening to I remember when On and On first came out and I was like okay what is this who is this girl in this head I want to be completely honest I was not woke woke I was not woke like that. Wasn't woke to be like, oh my gosh, like, oh, this queen is something. These words were not the words that we used. We didn't use this words. We were like, what is this African bombada shit? Like, we, nobody knew what it was. But when I tell you, this amazing, gorgeous woman coming out of Philly, I'm sorry, coming out of Houston and giving you just this amazing thought-provoking music when she told you that i was born underwater with three dollars and six dimes yeah you might laugh but you didn't do your math now one two three i ain't gonna sing because i don't feel like it the world keeps turning oh what a day what a day what a day like peace and blessings manifest with every lesson learned Give your knowledge what you're worth and it will be well earned. Like, yo, you just don't understand. Um, and it was like funny because I remember, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember my cousin going through a 5% phase at that particular point too. And a lot of my cousins actually going through a 5% phase. And that was just, and that was one of the things, just that, that level of knowledge and wisdom that kind of had us looking into a retrospect that was completely different. So just shout out to Erica by doing that way. 
I mean, in Jill, like Jill Scott just giving us this soul. Because first of all, your name comes from Jill Scott Heron, one of the amazing, most amazing poets of, of just any decade and, and just just an activist and, a, and, and just a thought provoker and just everything. Um, but Jill Scott in general came from a specific point in time where you're just like, okay, there's a neo soul era going on. You still had Jill Scott, you had Music Soul Child, you had Bilal, you had, you know what I'm saying? You had India Ivory, you had so many people. Um, but what I will say with Jill Scott, just the sheer soul of the voice. And this was actually at a time where we didn't, we didn't body shame like this. So we didn't put, we didn't, we, we over-sexualized because hip-hop was still an over-sexualized genre, which it is and it still is now. Um, but we didn't over-sexualize it. Like you could, there was an existence for a little Kim and a Jill Scott. Like you, there is, and I still believe in music wholeheartedly, there's a level of righteous and ratchet. Like you can be on either side of the spectrum. Like, nope, there's not a single girl that's not going to listen to Brown Skin and by Indiari and feel a certain way. And then that same girl is not, not going to turn around and go towards Juvenile back that ass up Like yo you're going to ha- If it comes on in the club And you're right where, it, where you need to be You're going to have a moment Of being righteous And ratchet And I honestly 100% believe that But in that moment It was great um, The versus battles Just in general I am thoroughly excited And want to just Send a huge congratulations and thank you out to both Timbaland and Swiss Beats because when you really think about it, bruh, they had over 750,000 people, and one of the people, one out of the 750,000 people, happens to be Michelle Obama that's in there at that moment. You feel me? Um, I think that. As much as we dog social media and people and, and the, all of the negatives that end up on social media and this and the third, the ultimate great thing is it socially connects us. So with all of the social distancing, it socially connects us. Truth be told, I was shout out to Funky Dani because I was actually watching his I was watching Quentin's review on this and he brought out an amazing point. I'd love to give credit where credit is due because that's not this is not my point, but it was it was a thought um that I had. If we got out of quarantine and we did something with this whole versus battle situation and even if it was meaning that the platform of the way that you watch concerts and you go to concerts completely changes, do you know that artists would stand to make a substantial amount of money? Even if it was just a dollar from each person. If we paid last night, or sorry, the night before last, if we would have paid a dollar, they would have at least had $750,000 to split and buzz down the middle between the both of them. That is awesome. And that means they're, and that's them playing their old stuff. That's no bands. That's nothing. That's no things. That would be just them. It would be, I think that if 
this versus situation comes into play and it's not a whole bunch of greedy people in the pocket, this would make the art of music once again be what it is in the art of music. It would give, it would give carte blanche for older artists to have you reminisce and it will give you carte blanche for new artists to make official money i mean the the way of the record label is damn near dead anyway where you can make your own stuff where you can go on things like fiverr and have other people produce stuff and and put it together the day of an independent artist i think the reckoning of the independent artist is here to come and i think that um we're going to show that I, will we still have those that have labels and have distributions and have a bigger backing and bigger budgets. Yes, that'll still be there. That will 100% be there. I don't think the record labels won't make their money. However, I think that if Versus becomes something bigger after quarantine, it will and it becomes reasonable. I agree with Quentin that it can be profitable. I agree that that it, that it can be profitable. Like that's that's bottom line. Um, so the morals of that story is look out for it. Like yo, verses could be here to stay, and that that that's a great thing. Um, since we're still in ratchet and ridiculous as well, because I forgot to tell you that we we moved on to ratchet and ridiculousness. Um, Beyonce. What you doing, girl? What, what's, 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 what's good? What's really good? What's really, really good? The reason that I say that is this. Um, so, as you know, last week, right now, we're, let's start with, let's start here real quick, cause I think I'm, my mind is all over the place. Let's start here real quick. First and foremost, um, I mean, I'm super, super, super excited that in history right now, Femit Forward is a thing. We have four, count them, four African-American females, black females, that are in the top 100, number one and number two on Billboard. I don't really usually care about Billboard numbers because it doesn't mean anything. Because like sometimes my favorite songs never end up on Billboard regardless. But I will say... That this is monumental to have both Say So and Savage be at the top. Like, that is monumental. Um, I don't think that she... I don't think that Beyonce really pushed this the way that she should. And I don't think that, that she does this unless you're on her playing field. So, when it comes to new girls, she don't do that. She She just don't. Um, from what I've heard and what I've been reading and seeing on videos about the, the Cardi B alleged leak for the song Wet, um, like stuff like that. Like once that got leaked and, and information got leaked about that, she's like the element of surprise. No. Now I respect her for that and I get that because holding your, your craft and us getting all those surprises and this is the way that she operates and she's been in the game for a long time. I get that. But if things fall through the cracks, sometimes you just you just need to roll with the punches. I think it would more humanize her if she rolled with the punches. Um, there's I, I, we've talked about on the shows previous and with the Kickstand podcast, like we've talked about um, how you know Beyonce's all the way up at the top and she's untouchable and Nicki needs to get on that level and this that, and the third. 
But at the same token, this is where Nikki kind of wins a little bit because it's like, hey, I'm still... I'm still obtainable. I'm still touchable. I'm still tangible. You know, the same fans that I rolled in with are the same people that I want to make sure that they know about projects. I'm here for this. I want this to happen. And I'm looking for that female empowerment. Beyonce, you talk a good game about female empowerment, but yet and still, if it wasn't, if it, if it isn't about a artist like Nicki Minaj that's on her level, at the, you know what I'm saying? At this particular time, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing matters at this point, or those girls don't seem to get their shine because it's like with Cardi B. Once that happened, you scrap the whole project. Make the Stallion comes out with you know this whole Savage song. You're on it. You're killing it. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And you kind of shade it a little bit. And then not only that, at that particular point, like you shade it with a 39 song playlist with like Solange, Janet, City Girls, Missy Ellie, Kurt Cobain, Kelly Rowland, Trina, and Little Kim. Um, so, you know, you kind of, you kind of not promoting it. It speaks volumes. Like, Beyonce's silence speaks volumes after a while. And that's some things to kind of look out for. Um, and I also, I also feel like the Beehive, y'all out here, y'all out here strong. But, and I think Beyonce has done so much for the culture, so much for us. But musically, I'm, I'm starting to get annoyed. And the reason why I'm starting to get annoyed, and it's not, and it's, it's, no shade to the craft, no shade to what she does, no shade to what she she got going on. But what I'm starting to get annoyed with is that we're getting a lot of the same thing. Like, here's a question to pose. Y'all can fight me on it because most of you will. Will Beyonce actually still be relevant in the next few years? The reason why I say that is because of this. Are you not, we're in an age of social media where as Nicki Minaj has cornered the market on being tangible to fans and being, and you ain't got to be super tangible, I ain't saying that, but you do got to say something, you know what I'm saying to you, we can't keep putting this girl on this pedestal like this and her not give us some thing to work with. I ain't saying we gotta be all up in the girl life. I ain't saying we gotta be all up in her business. You choose to to post what you want to post in this, that, and the third. However, you got to give us something to work with. You know what I'm saying to you? Like, it's okay to be flawed. It's okay to be human. You know, you can't give us all of this music like I'm going through all this turmoil and all of this that and the third but something about you becomes untouchable the reason why we love artists like Nicki or we love artists like Mary which I'm not putting them all in the same box I'm just saying we love artists like Mary J. Blige or um we love artists like Jill Scott and we love artists like Erica Badu it's because they are flawed and you are able to see that from time to time and say, hey, you know what? I can relate to that. Like, I remember one time just tuning into an Erica Badu live and, and for no other apparent reason, she was just in the bathroom and she was on the toilet and, and part of me made me be like, you know what? I'm gonna go replay her music because it's something about that just, it, it made it human. It made it, it what it was. Beyonce does not give me that anymore. It doesn't give me a human side. And, 
y'all are placating to that and I don't I don't like it I don't like it I think that she needs to move past this dynamic I think she needs to get to a point of um saying hey I understand that once I felt above this but now I feel like yo let me get especially while we in quarantine like yo let me let y'all in a little bit let me let y'all know some things like let me let y'all know blue lost another two like mother shit just regular everyday shit i think she would connect with women so much more if she was a little bit more vocal i don't and another thing that will make it very plain that people will get tired is if we don't get no new music soon because that's going to be a thing. So I'm hoping that we do. Um, cause truth be told, that will, that will put us all in a damn frenzy. Um, and I hope that we get a chance to get something different. I don't know what she's working on. I don't know what that something different might be, but I think it is time for us to get Something a little bit different from Beyonce because it, I don't give a damn if she gave me a rap album with the rapping singing shit that she do with Mae the Stallion. I don't give a fuck if that's the case, but you got to give me something and you have to give me something to work with. I ramble on about this long enough, but it just, it just is one of the things that was on my heart. Moving on to some sad news and I'm going to wrap all of them into it. Um, we death comes in threes that is this has been a strange last week um andrea harrell passes at 59 years old betty wright passes and we use and we lose little richard so um betty wright i was not i was not privy to that like that so that wasn't really my thing um but i I have heard mentioned definitely of her name in many songs so excuse me for the the ignorance of not knowing um but Andre Harrell bruh y'all do y'all know how much that meant to my life like for instance just the acts in general that he had under his belt like of course Mary J Blige if there was no Andre Harrell there would be no Mary J Blige there would be no Diddy you know what I'm saying? There would be no Robin Thicke or Heavy D or Jodeci or Anthony Hamilton or Teddy Riley. You know what I'm saying? Like he's produced tracks with Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross, Queen Latifah, you know, Mario Winans. It, the list just goes on and on. His legacy can never be undone. And 59, and for some of the youngsters that might be listening, it might sound old. But let's be clear, for some of us, 59 can be around the corner. You know what I'm saying? And that that's so much. So we do need to definitely start taking care of ourselves, i.e. myself, which is the thing. And I'm going, I'm working on it. But for Andre, like that, for, for me, it that's a part of my childhood. You know what I'm saying to you? That like, I remember the days of watching them all come up and be like, oh, this is something new. I remember Andre being in pictures with Diddy in the Source magazine or on Word Up magazine. Like, I remember those days and just 
all of the great things that he's done and his contribution to music will just never be undone. I really appreciate the fact that uh, Babyface kind of canceled his Waiting to Exhale Live that he was going to do because it's been 25 years, which hilariously enough, I was actually going to do Waiting to Exhale this weekend. Like, I was going to do it because I had done the SWV one for Release Intention from last week. However, I have changed my mind and I have a new one that's going to be a surprise at the end of the show or towards the end of the show um, with that. But it just, it was... One, and I probably will get back to Waiting to Exhale because that is definitely a dope album. Um, but my music review is going to be, is, is, I'm going to keep in that girl group vein for maybe another couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see how I feel and then I'll probably move on to some other stuff. But, um, God rest your soul, Andre Hero. I hope you are resting in peace because that, that is a hit. That's a hit for me personally. Like I just remember. Being that kid and being like, yo, who is the dude that's behind Puffy like? And then watching the stories and all of that stuff and like all of those things just um, made me love what it is. And and I like Andre Harrell because it's like Andre said, look, fuck this. I'm going to knock this kid off his pedestal because he thinks he the shit. You know what I'm saying to you? Like, yo, was the first person to fire Puff. It's like, bruh, like you can't work at Uptown Records no more. And Puff was amazing being a Howard alum and said, yo, I'm gonna go ahead and start my own damn thing. So it just, they, they, those are people in, in our timeline and in our history that speak to the entrepreneurial spirit. So I hope and pray and my prayers go out to his family that everybody is doing well. I think it's going to be a really awkward time. Uh, right now because it's like with everything that's going on and, and that memory of him passing is going to be awkward as we move forward in the future. Going on to Little Richard. Little Richard led a very fulfilling life and we've seen him throughout some of the other stories. Um, you know, as far as like biopics and this and the third. And as a matter of fact, they're supposed to be doing it or have done it for American Soul, uh, which will air on BET as well. Let me tell you something. The architect, the designer, the creator of rock and roll. Y'all ain't get that man his props. And, and I tell you, like, the first time that I got into Little Richard, which is weird as a kid, was watching Martin and him being on Martin. And so for those of you that are kids that are watching Martin now and finding that hilarious to stand the third, I remember... The night that that came out, and my people being like, "Yeah, he was the he's the king, he's the king of rock and roll." Now, on the flip side, it was the '90s, and they said some derogatory shit about Little Richard. True, not true, whatever. However, the case may be, um, he ushered in so much and allow so many artists to be their authentic selves and down to a point where I was reading an article where when Michael Jackson brought back brought Sony he gave little Richard his publishings back so you know if it wasn't for little Richard there would be no Jimi Hendrix there would be no uh James Brown you know what I'm saying to you so you know sometimes we need to shout out those type of pioneers those are the people that have been in our forefront in our moments and you guys think that your fave or the person that you have in front of you 
is creating all of this and making history. No, there's somebody that motivated them beforehand. Like even me. Especially me. Like anybody wants to be like, well, damn, why do you do this? Why do you do podcasts? Why do you do a show? Somebody else brought this to me and made me think about it in a certain way and made me be like, yo, you could do this. And I did. And then when we got, when I, when it was the kickstand podcast and I got into an idea of it and things started happening as far as like, um, interviewing artists and stuff, um, I thought about Angie Martinez and I'm like, yo, you've been the voice of this music and this, this thing that I love called hip hop forever. Why can't I do that? Exactly. Or thinking about Bill Bellamy, like, yo, as funny and as outlandish as Bill Bellamy is, I'm like, yo, bottom line, he's been in the industry for a long time and being on MTV and all of that good stuff. Like, bruh, he's literally been in front of some of your favorite hip hop celebrities and interviewed them. So that's what I want to do. Um, so I say all of that to say, you never know who your motivations or your inspirations can be. Um, and when you look at it, you never know who really pioneered and changed that game for you. So don't look at who's in front of you. Sometimes you do have to look at who's behind you to make to make sense of it all. Um, moving forward, and ratchet and ridiculous as we're coming to a close, DMX. Ayo, dog. Darkman X calls out Jay-Z for an iconic versus Instagram battle. And 90s Twitter gets hype. Let me tell you something. I am here for it. So Drink Champs did their, um, their podcast remotely. Shout out to Nori. Nori, you are also one of my inspirations. N-O-R-E, niggas on the run eating. Like, yo, you were one of my inspirations too because you sat back and I was, I've been doing this in the midst of while you're doing this as far as podcasting is concerned. But like with Drink Champs, to sit back and give the people that I absolutely 100% admire and love their flowers while they're still here, that's dope and I love it and that's what I, I aspire to be. I hope that I have enough listeners to, to push it. Like, that's exactly what I aspire to be. So, if anybody ever listens to this episode and wonders what I want to do and why I want to do it, that's what I want to do. Um, so, real quick. Uh, oh, no. Not even real quick. Just going into it. Um, just a, imagine. Imagine. This is one of those moments that I talk about where the Carters coming off of their pedestal would be... Fucking epic. Y'all in quarantine too. So what would not stop you from being like, yo, let's do this. First of all, even though Jay-Z has numerous amounts of hits, numerous, DMX ain't is not out of that bag because don't forget there was a Rough Rider Rockefeller kind of situation that happened at one point and there was a merge where there was a lot of music between both of them that I say they could go into a bag and give you an hour to two hours worth of music and y'all everybody would be satisfied I think that you would be satisfied I think they both equally do have enough catalog now Jay-Z clearly has more catalog at this particular point Granted, that's that's a true fact, but 
I don't think that DMX does not have enough of a catalog that wouldn't um, not necessarily rival it, but wouldn't make for a good nostalgic moment. So if you're looking for at least an, a nostalgic moment, DMX and Jay-Z, that shit would be awesome. So if Timbaland and Swiss Beats can make it happen, and furthermore, I believe that Timbaland and Swiss Beats can make it happen. Why? Because they both equally have worked with both artists. So I feel like they can make that happen. Um, the next one that is allegedly coming up as far as the versus battle is concerned looks like it is supposed to be um, Nelly and Ludacris. That might be a thing. I cannot wait for that. So next weekend seems to be the time frame for that. So... Let's see what happens. I think that that's going to be a complete epic ass battle. Um, I think if, if I had to put my money down, if I had to put my boogie down on anything, I definitely would probably say ludicrous for me just because I don't think that Nelly gave me enough that I could say, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with. However, both of them definitely worked in that same era in that same time frame. So I think that'll be great. Um, so. Here we go. Y'all know what that sound means. That sound means I have a CD cover in my hands. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, back in 1999, right when the decade was about to change, and so was the lineup of this fucking group many a time. 1999 brought us Destiny's Child, The Writings on the Wall. Okay, so I got some shit to talk about with this goddamn album, okay? So first and foremost, it was 1999 and I was in uh, my sophomore year of high school. And I was still working at Burger King at the time. And in addition to that, um, I remember, because was it 1999? Yeah, because things were about to change. The millennium was about to change. Y2K was coming. Um, you still had groups like NSYNC, Destiny Child, B2K, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. And those were some big things. TRL was really big. MTV was big. 106 and Park was still out. You had Cedar's World. I mean, we used to rush home to watch these things. Um, your cable box was big as shit for no reason, but clearly there was. Um... So, and yes, apparently I was a privileged kid because I had cable. Fuck that. It is what it is. But, I will say this. uh, The writings on the wall. An amazing, amazing, amazing CD to not skip from beginning to end. However, let's break down some of the amazing situations that are in this. Number one, let's start off with the intro. First of all, Let's start off with the intro because you bitches nowadays is just giving us songs, okay? There is no motherfucking intro. Where is the goddamn intro, okay? Where is the intro? So here's the crazy shit, right? The, um, with this and the intro, the intro is The Godfather and 
they're all acting as one of the Dons in The Godfather. And they just eventually break down to it as the writings on the wall. So the first song that comes up on the writings on the wall is so good. And the girls are just talking about, I'm doing so good. You thought I was going to fail, but I'm doing so good without you. What I did not know is that uh, part of the recording process, uh, Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta and Escape and so on and so forth is actually part of the writers that's in there um, along with everyone else. So it looks like Beyonce, Candy, Kelly, um, Latoya, and Latavia all wrote on this particular song. But I was very impressed to know that Candy wrote on So Good. Then you get to another song, which was Bills, 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 Bills. Here's the thing about Bills, Bills, Bills. Now, mind you, we was all hyped for these young, fly, sexy, Houston native girls to come out and and just do their things. We ran, we ran to the CD stores, all of that shit. However, keep in mind, some of the lyrics to what was on Bills, 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 um... They ain't had no cars really at the time for real. They didn't have no real bills because Tina was paying them bills. So you got that shit from Tina. Um, but at the, the reality of it all was like, yo, we didn't have none of the things that they was bashing about at that particular time. And I was like, yo, I didn't think about it at that particular point. I felt like as a guy, I was like, yo, they just out here bashing us and shit. Like, yo, First of all, if I choose to call my mama, I'm going to call my mama. And I shouldn't, yes, now looking back at it, I shouldn't have to call my mama on your cell phone dime. I get that, but that's unnecessary. Um, And yes, if you are driving somebody else's car, you damn sure should put some gas in it because that's fucking ridiculous. Put gas in the fucking car. That doesn't make no damn sense. Uh, But moving on, you have Confessions, which was a love lovely lovely slow ballad but it was definitely a confession about this bitch was like bitch I'm cheating on you (laughs) I'm telling you that right now I'm in the arms of somebody else and I don't give a fuck I'm fucking cheating on you because you done ran up my bills 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 fuck that um and then you get to bugaboo bugaboo is like yo you keep calling me why the fuck you keep calling me and shit? What, what you keep talking about? Like, yo, I want to throw out my pager. And for those that don't understand what a pager is, here's, here's the hardships that we had to face. The hardships that we had to face was a goddamn box, little box that would be with a number and you would have to go to a pay phone or wait till you got to the house phone and call the number back. And Well, first of all, you would call your pager number to see if they left you a message on the pages. Sometimes that was when you got more advanced in the 90s. But then you would call the number back and be like, hey, did you page me? And then y'all would have a conversation. So that's that's a whole lot. Um, I had the, the basic black one and I had a clear one. I'm just saying. Um but yeah, so then you had your whole bugaboo situation. Then temptation. So another nigga about to slide all up in your DMs because now temptation is out here for no motherfucking reason. Um, so that is, that was a great song. Um, and then now that she's gone, which was another one of my favorites too, where it was like, oh, you know, now that she gone, now you want to come back in my life. You damn right. Shit, she ain't here no more. So damn, I want to come talk to you now. That's, that's the whole goal. What are you talking about? Um, 
And then where'd you go? That's when, you know, guys get a little aloof and we ain't really there and we ain't really trying to be there. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. It looks like Chris Stokes actually uh, wrote on this too. The B2K manager, not going to touch that. Um, and then Hey Ladies, which was, you know, why can men just go do what's wrong and all of that good old stuff, which again was written with Candy, who I love. Um, and then one of my favorite songs, you get to track number 10. Now, mind you, there are tracks. There are at least, what we got? What we got? What we got? 16 fucking tracks on this bitch. 16 if you include the outro. So if you take out the, the two outro, the intro and the outro, you got like 14 tracks. Why not? So number 10 was my favorite. It was like, if you leave, which had next, the group next. Again, another group that y'all young kids know nothing about. But if you want to, Look for my favorite song. Actually, you can go on my highlights and get the clip of Butter Love because Butter Love was my shit. Um, but if you leave her, the, the hook to this song, if you leave, it was like, if you leave her, I'll leave him. We'll fly away. Don't say a word. Let's go far away to another place. Let's hide away. Just you and me. Okay. I was like, ooh. So, If You Leave was on my GTD mixtape. And for those that don't know what the GTD mixtape is, it is the Got the Draws mixtape. If You Leave was definitely on there. So, then later on, you get to Jumpin', which eventually does have a remix with Bow Wow. um, So, that gets the party started a little bit. And then number 12 is where the dissension and the downfall of said group seems to come in you get say my name and say my name is where all of it seems to have gone wrong for the group so say my name when you get to say my name video and you get to the video um Latoya and Latavia are no longer there they're replaced by Michelle and Farah and then the Farrah ass eventually leaves like five months later after being introduced to the group. And then it is only Beyonce, Michelle, and Kelly. And we'll get to those albums later on. But Say My Name was definitely a part of that. And then She Can't Love You, uh, Stay, and Sweet Sixteen. Just some other B cuts that were on there. And I did, I forgot about the damn get on the bus situation, but that was a whole nother thing. And then not to mention there were, uh, producers such as Missy and Timbaland that appeared on here. Um, J- Tony Williams. There were just so many great cohesive albums. Listen to the album, start it from beginning to end. I think that you guys will enjoy it. I think it was the, time of them coming into the maturity right before we get to the early 2000s with uh, some other Destiny's Child situations. Um, It did lead for a couple of those songs like If You Leave to definitely end up on my GTD mixtape. And I had quite a few. I had quite a few, so, uh, but that was definitely one of them. And I think Confessions ended up on there too. I actually fucked the Confessions. You know what? I'm not, why am I telling y'all all my business? I'm not gonna sit here and tell y'all my business like that. I just thought about that. Um, but I did. But, a great album, nonetheless. I think it ushered in and led out to the 90s and the new stuff that was definitely happening in the new millennium. So, 
that is the show and this is kicking it with young smooth um as i always leave y'all out with uh fear false evidence appearing real it's only really in your mind if you make it really in your mind if you have a ultimate collaboration <clears throat> today was definitely about a lot of collaborations from talking about four with um the four horsemen of the apocalypse which would be dirt road comp uh, Kojo, uh, Kojo Hot Flow and Sea Flames, and of course, <laughs> engineered by my dude Tony Bona Kravitz. Crab, I'm gonna call you Kravitz. <laughs> Mama call him Crab. I'm gonna call him Kravitz. Um, so you got that happening. Then you got all of these amazing collaborations with Meg The Stallion and um, Beyonce and Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj. So. You can make anything happen. You know what I'm saying to you? If you put your mind to it and you really work hard and be consistent, you can make anything happen. Um, so that is the pretty much the end of the show. However, there is one last thing that I do want to cover before I leave. Um, <clears throat> I want, you know what? I want to see if I can play it for y'all. Uh, I'm going to play it because it's me and I can play that. It's me. It is me. But what I will say while I'm pulling this up is this, y'all. If we got to stay in the house, stay in the house. Go outside for your fresh air. Do what you got to do. But I was absolutely floored on May 5th. Um, just because of what was kind of going on outside and what I ended up seeing and just having to deal with that in that moment was so much I was like yo I, I can't so I'm going to give y'all what happened that day for me don't judge me trying to get my camera together I'm doing the, I'm doing the okay. most I was so frustrated. I said, okay. And they only letting, you know, like 10 people in. And, you know, it's going to move slow. It is what it is. I said, all right, fuck it. I'm not going to do this one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As I'm getting an order at this point. Okay. So as they decide, I'm going to be real quick with this shit. Because I got to go ahead and make this order. Yay! As they decide to... Had motherfuckers just out here. I said, fuck it, I'll go do another order. My other order ended up being Red Lobster. I was like, all right, cool. Went out, took care of that order. Came back. The order was like Jose Tequila. My mom wasn't thinking mm-hmm. that it's May 5th right now. So I go to Jose Tequila. Yeah. You got when I tell y'all, it is a fucking line out the ass. There are tons of people, over 20 to 30 people, inside the Jose Tequila. Not to mention all the other motherfuckers that's on the outside and they serving yeah. drinks. Somebody called the fucking police. The whole thing together. It always bills. Somebody shut that bitch down. If y'all want to know why the fuck we still in 
quarantine, why the fuck we can't go outside, why the fuck we can't do what the fuck we gotta do, is because y'all bitches wanna be like, oh, let's have a sink all day, Maya. You better learn how to cook, you better Chrissy Teague in that fucking book, and do what you gotta do. I don't even that know what that means. Then, I was like, alright, well, let me see if I can go to Taco Bell at least, because I had already seen it at Mascot, I was like, what well, damn nigga outside waiting for it at Mascot, whatever. Went to Taco Bell the line longer shit. Y'all gonna be the reason that we still in this shit come 2021 because you playing. You playing. I'm out here trying to work, make sure that people get their food correctly, and y'all bitches out here playing. That is all I got to say. Share this motherfucker yeah. video. Call the goddamn police or hold it together for them fucking serving drinks. Bitch. Serving motherfucking drinks while people wait. I'm like, oh, bitch, you got me fucked all the way up. It is too many people there. Granted, yes. My whole Everybody Baltimore came out. All that shit. That's cool. But that ain't got shit to do. What the fact that y'all bitches is gonna have us in this motherfucker for God knows how the fuck long. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with my motherfucking money. And the only reason that the dances and shit is even longer. What's up, baby? The only reason that the dances and shit is even longer. Any kind of money on the bitches because don't nobody want to be there because all y'all motherfuckers want to be outside. It's, it's only May 5th. Stay the fuck in the house. Stop playing. Your governor told you stop playing. Your man told you stop playing. Stop Yay! fucking playing. We will be in this shit forever if you do not stay the fuck in the goddamn house. I'm doing yes, so I'm much. I'm telling you like your mother. Like, I feel like somebody mother, yo. Stop running the fuck in and out. Call a goddamn DoorDash or something because that is ridiculous. And that's why the fuck y'all can't get no orders because everybody out there. That's the reason. That's the motherfucking reason. That, shut the fuck up. That's the reason. Yay! And so, that is the reason. <laughs> Yo, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I had to go in. I will say this. And not to mention the fact, like, me yelling that that meant nothing because it apparently went on deaf ears because Mother's Day ended up coming and y'all niggas was still out there like I don't I don't know how to help us I, I'm tired of trying to help us like I really don't know how to help us because at this particular point it just kind of is it just kind of is what it is I I'm, I really I wanted to be better, but I realized that some of this shit is going to end up being a new normal because a lot of people are not paying attention anymore, and I'm still washing my hands. I'm now, I ain't gonna sit here and stunt you. I might not be washing my hands 20 times a day like I was in the initial, but I definitely am still washing them very consistently. Um, but it just, we ain't gonna make it if y'all don't pay attention. I'm just saying. That was Smooth, who was very upset, <laughs> and used <laughs> a lot of profane language, but tis what it is. Anyway, once again, I am your boy Young Smooth, and right now you were listening to Kicking It with Young Smooth, and don't you feel better? <laughs> you should. All right, I'm out. Peace. <laughs>